Yo, yo, what's up, everybody? Cool through Nuanas, Skyline Sports, SkylineSportsMT.com. Got some analysis for you here on this week's pod. We'll hear from Ty Gregorak right out the gates, talking all things NIL. Of course, we are just ranting and raving like we always do. Transfer portal and everything in between. Also, a little uh, thought on Montana and North Dakota State's upcoming semifinal playoff matchup. We'll also hear from Brooks Nuanas, a Bobcat redux of the season, as well as a Grizz uh, analysis leading into Montana's semifinal game against NDSU. Our analysis podcast every week presented in part by Town Pump. They've kept us fueled up all season long. Appreciate Town Pump for their continued support. As well as Blackfoot Communications, visit goblackfoot.com. Dave Maldonado, Maldonado Law, visit bigscandefender.com for any and all of your legal needs. Opportunity Bank, your local bank, your opportunity. Nick Tabor, Westpac Wealth, and all of our other fine sponsors here at Skyline Sports. Big Sky Breakdown, analysis style, semifinals analysis style right now. Skyline Sports every day, every season. Well, I am blessed and off, uh, honored to be joined by <laughs> our good buddy, Ty Gregorak. He and I have been talking all week about all the stuff that's been going on in the wide world of college football, and uh, it's hard to wrap your mind around, especially when you are a couple guys that love the FCS, love the big sky, and love all of it. So, uh, Ty, I'm just joking, but we always are uh, sending these long letters with the graphics back and forth and just talking about what's going on in the world. Where are we at, man? College football, college sports right now. We're going to get into all the details of all of it but it's a weird time man the fact that you got teams that are in the final eight the final four and then they lose and then two days later their whole team leaves i mean idaho's got their four premier returning players are all in the transfer portal instantly just like the cats had several guys right after their loss too so it's uh it's a weird deal i know we'll hash out all the details but uh i'm just i agree with what you said right before we went live what 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 is college sports right now that's the most perplexing part of this whole thing yeah, and and thanks for having me on, Coulter. I know our 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 season is is winding not slowly winding down. It is winding down in a hurry. Uh, at least the teams we cover, and the conference we cover, the level we cover, and you know, you and I have talked about this, and and I think we both agree, and we've said it multiple times over the last couple of few years when some of these proposals slash changes slash amendments slash the new landscape of college football that fcs was still kind of a pure form of football and now you go is it is it or or, or is it just a is it just a is it just a warm-up for kids to kind of prove what they can do and, and and elevate their status to then just you know maybe become an fbs player my problem is is a year two years ago three years ago whatever it was when they were coming out of high school those bigger programs didn't think you, you could do it, you know? And, and so I just feel like, you know, you've got, you've got, you've got these universities that are good universities. The big side conference is a great conference. I read yesterday that the big side conference has had more teams in the FCS semifinals than any other conference in, in, in the country with the Missouri Valley, you know, obviously a close second with success of North Dakota state and, and South Dakota state. But yeah, I mean, yeah, the day, you know, the, the days after Montana State loses, you're seeing some dudes, some flat dudes put themselves in the portal. And here, here's, here's where I'm at, it, it, because there's no guarantee, right? I mean, there's no guarantee if you go in the portal. In fact, what is it? I mean, they've kind of shown this over the last couple of years. Over half, half the players that put themselves in the portal don't find homes. And if I'm a current coach, if I'm a current leader of that program, 
if you put your name in the portal, to me, you're gone. <laughs> you're, you're, you're saying you want to be gone. You know, I, I just, I, if you're not going to have loyalty to the program and don't get me so coaches come and go coaches are grown men that are trying to feed families. They're not 18 to 23 year old guys. Uh, you know, and I just, it's, uh, it is temple rubbing, Tylenol popping, uh, just the, where are we at? What, where, where did, what does this look like moving forward? And, you know, another major fracture with conference uh, realignments and bi-coastal conferences. And I kind of think it's a mess anymore. I just, I just do. I mean, college football used to be such a, a beautiful, pure game. And now it just seems like it's all, you know, you know, the, you know, the old Kobe Bryant, uh, you know, there's, there's no I in team, but there's a mother F and me. And I just feel like there's a lot of <laughs> yep. me, I, you know, I just feel like there's a lot of me in it anymore. And, you know, you, uh, I've mentioned to you, I know you feel the same way. What experience are these guys getting when they're going to two, three, four or more schools? You know, what, what fight song, you know, what, what, what do they say their alma mater is? What fight song are they, are they singing and teaching to their children? Who are, who are their best men at their wedding? Are they, are they, are they, their, their Oregon state homies or, or their LSU homies or, or, you know what I mean? Like I just, Hey, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a uh, very complex, interesting slash frustrating time to me in college football culture. And it just feels like it gets weirder and weirder. The more, the, and, and you know what? It all starts at the top, right? Like, like always, it all starts with leadership and it just, it just kind of shows you, how defunct slash poorly ran slash what the hell is the NCAA good for anymore, man? I just don't know. It's wild, man. And like last week I was reminiscing with some old college pals and I've been around college football so much because all my best friends played football and my brother played for the Grizz and, you know, yada, yada, yada. And it's like the guys that I know, they could definitely tell you about a couple different moments and games and when you won here and you won there. But the stories start rolling when you're talking about, oh, you remember this one time we were at this party and this happened? Or you remember when we were sitting around doing this or we went on this trip or we went on this, you know? And that's the part I wonder is like, all right, this, let's just take it, for example, the guys at Idaho. All right, a bunch of guys just unloaded at Idaho. They're all leaving. Okay, now you might go get a FBS offer that comes with a little NIL coin or whatever. Maybe you play, maybe you don't. But you're, you're living somewhere else. Is there really a better scene than when you beat Montana State and then you go to the corner club in Moscow? I don't know. I really don't know if there is. And I th- I'm not saying it's the greatest thing in the world, but I just think that like a lot of times kids just don't know what they're leaving when they do make the jump. Well, it's a great, it's a great call. And, and you're talking about rolling the dice and, and, and gambling on yourself. I and mean, that's what you're doing. You're, you know, you, and that, and that's, that's where I struggle. It's like, you got a good thing. You got a really good thing. And the grass isn't always greener. And I just, I, I would, I would imagine if you really dug in and, and dove into, you know, statistically how many of these FCS guys that go, are there going to be some? Sure. Sure. Of course there is. But I would imagine the, 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 the majority of those kids, even if they get opportunities, we've talked about Isaiah Fonse all, 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 all year, it seems like. And again, I, I, you know, I hold him in a special place in my heart because I recruited him. And you know, I, pre, you know, I saw him a couple of weeks ago at the ball game, and, and he was very appreciative of, of what I did for him it's, you know, in saying so uh, to some of the old players that were there. But 
you, you have an opportunity to maybe be one of the, the all-time greats in a program, and then you go be a backup. And you get some turns, and hopefully you make, make those turns into a phenomenal opportunity. But I, I just – I don't know. I mean, you, you know, you, when, you, when you are a dude in these communities – you kind of you kind of get an opportunity to be a dude for life. No question. You know, you know, because people people want to employ you. They want to be around you. You know, they're, they're these communities. You're it. We don't have pro sports. We don't have FBS programs that are that are the the, the juggernauts of 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 what people want to pay attention to. Um, you're it. You are it. And I just you know watching some of these dudes put their name in the transfer portal, you know, for, for maybe a year, I just feel like you lose a lot of the, the clout that you've, you've established over multiple years of, of being the dude and working hard for that program, winning games for that program, getting the community to rally behind you and love you and want their kids to wait after a ball game just to get you know, a signature on a, on a shirt or a ball or something. And then you get to kind of go be a, Another, another one of, you know, another player that maybe will get some turns. And, 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 and you, you and I always talk about this, just kind of the, the joke anymore that is, you know, watching, watching their teammates, you know, get on social media and, and, and talk, you know, talk about, you know, much love, brother, go crush. We love you and blah, blah, blah. I mean, to me, it's like, no, go, go away. You're quitting on us. You're, 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 you're quitting. You're saying, I don't want to be here. You're not good enough. Uh, and, and, and like we've joked for years now, at the beginning of these dudes' career, it's hashtag blessed and honored, and, and, and at the end of it, their social media, you know, it's a nice, long Gideon Bible rant as to all the good things and all the great people, and thanks so much for everything. That being said, I'm out, you know? So uh, anyway, man, it's the more, the, you know, so I've been out five years now, and it's like every year that I'm removed from it, the happier I am, I am to be away from it <laughs> anymore. Just, just, I mean, I can't imagine being a, a defensive coordinator, or a linebacker coach, and pouring so much time and energy into bringing you to the program, selling you on the program, selling you, uh, selling you on on me as as a potential, you know, uh, a coach, mentor, friend, father type figure for the next four or five years, and then you just saying, "I'm done." I'm done. I'm, I, I, I think I'm better than, than every, everybody coming out of high school. Didn't think I was, but, but now I've made some plays in Missoula or Bozeman or, 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 or uh, Moscow and, and wherever. And, and, you know, you might get a little money out of the deal. Great. Uh, but I just feel like more often than not, you kind of setting yourself up for, for failure after, after a, a run of success. And it's just, it's kind of, it's kind of bothersome and worrisome to me, man. It, it for sure is. And, and that's why there's so many layers to this. And I think that there's several different nuances to address. First of all, there's guys that are entering the portal and their number one motivation is to pursue academic pursuits. And I know that that seems maybe naive of me to say, but there are a fair amount of guys that are doing this for academic reasons first. And so that, that I think, if you've graduated from your school and you want to go to a different program that's maybe an elevated program and it's also because of at least some form of academic motivation, okay, I don't really have that much of a problem with it. The other thing is, though, and I said this on Nuanas Now yesterday, and I'll say it again, is that what NIL was created for is for 
the really marketable guys to get a piece of the pie. The guys that are selling jerseys, the guys that are, you know, big enough stars to be able to have a Subway commercial or whatever. That's all fine and dandy too. Where this is getting broken and the reason it's ruining the FCS, or it has the potential at least to ruin the FCS, it hasn't ruined the FCS yet, but we are, we're standing on the edge of the cliff. And uh, here's why. The big schools have so much money and they have boosters that will literally donate money to anything to get their way. I mean, we just saw Jimbo Fisher get a $76 million buyout that was 100% privately funded by crazy boosters who love Texas A&M football. So those crazy boosters can also pour millions of dollars into NIL collectives, which then makes it so that the Power 5 programs and some of the top G5 programs can recruit with the lure of money unabashedly. You don't have to go... Prove yourself at these schools. You don't have to be a star. You don't have to provide a service. Like as we record this, I'm watching SWX in my studio, and there's a Aspen Sound commercial on. Aspen Sound installs stereo equipment. They gave Justin Ford, a former Grizz corner, a free stereo in his car. He was in the commercial. That's great. That's fine and dandy. Justin Ford is a star. He's selling stereos for these guys. Cool. I have no problem with that. That's a good hustle. It's the guys that are going to take a hundred grand or two hundred grand to go be, uh, you know, the eighth lineman at Iowa or the you know, third string quarterback at Washington State or whatever. That's where the spirit of this rule has gotten completely destroyed is that would these collectives exist and they can offer every athlete across the board, particularly the football guys, a certain amount of money. Now you've just basically created open free agency in college football. You're, you're exactly right. And where I on, on, on the next part of that is when, especially at the, at the power five, mostly at the power five, when kids are when kids are offered or guaranteed chunks of money before even stepping foot on campus, that is not name image likeness. That is that is not being on campus. Well, that's right. It's pay to play. Or, it's pay to play, which is professional ball. Exactly. And, and so that 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 that's that's where I really struggle, because pros get cut, pros get fined, you know, pros can be in our booed if, if they're not playing up to snuff. And, and so I just, I, I, I've never not agree. And I had a fascinating conversation. I was in Dillon, Montana this weekend, Coulter, uh, for a basketball tournament. I'm watching two straight days of eight-year-old basketball and driving home Sunday night. And I had a very interesting conversation. One of uh, the the girls, uh, it was a it was a co-ed basketball tournament, and there's this little girl who's you know a second grader who's just a stud, I and mean, you can tell she's an athlete. Well, I end up sitting next to her parents. Both parents are studs. Well, dad played at, uh, football at Minnesota in the early 2000s for Coach Mason, and the and the mom played golf on the women's golf team at Minnesota. And we had a fascinating conversation about what we're talking about. And it was just interesting to hear their perspective about kids getting a piece of the pie and these schools are making millions of dollars. And, and, and I just said, oh, cool. yes, you're right. But on the other side of the coin is these, these things have been changing since we were in school. You know, we're, we're in, in, the, in the mid to late 90s, I was getting 450 bucks a month for a scholarship to, to check to live off campus. Well, Kids here in Bozeman now, they're getting, you know, 1200 bucks or whatever it is, maybe even more than that. Now I've been, I've been removed a little bit and, you know, school, schools have taken advantage of the, the cost of attendance 
rules. I mean, you, you and I've talked about it over the years, how there are certain schools, especially at this level where there's kind of the haves and have nots there is at every level, but you know, the Missouri Valley, they, they, they took advantage of it. They've been paying cost of attendance for years, depending on your financial situation, your family's financial situation. There, there's the Pell Grant, different, different things that you can apply for and get aid for to help you because yeah, college kids for a long time weren't allowed to make much. In fact, you, you had a limit. I remember when I was going to school, you, they, they would say you can make X amount of X amount of dollars in the summer, according to the NCAA there, there, you could not make more than whatever the, whatever the, the dollar amount was. And, and so I just, it's just, it's interesting to hear people's perspective on this and you just kind of, the things we, we keep bringing up, you kind of remind them, Hey, is that really what's best for the student athlete? I mean, like in the grand scheme of just being a young adult, learning about life. Do, I mean, we all like to make money, you know, I mean, for you, sure. you, 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 you always joke, you're just a broke journalist, but you love what you do, you know, and, and, and hopefully, you know, as you continue to work and, and, you know, build skyline sports and you're doing the ESPN month, I mean, who knows where that can lead you, but you love what you do and you've invested your life into it. And that's cool. That's really cool. And these, these young, young people are, are investing a lot of time, energy, um, um, emotional pain, physical pain. There, there's a lot that goes into being a student athlete. It's not easy. You know, and I used to tell people, Hey, anyone that calls it a full ride has never done it. Because, because you work for that scholarship. You do. You work for it hard. When, 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 when kids are still asleep and waking up at 10 from a hangover and playing beer pong by four, you're not. I mean, and, and if you are, you, you're, you're a genetic freak, you know, because you've got <laughs> to be sure. in the gym early. You're at mad drills at 5 a.m. You're, you're doing things that the average student is not. And so I just feel like a lot of these rules and policies have, have been evolving over time. And then they, they went from an evolution to, well, the Supreme Court says this, and here we go. It's the Wild West, and, you know, Livy Dunn's going to make more than a good chunk of the NFL. <laughs> so, I mean, I mean how, many, how many college kids are making more than Brock Purdy this year? No, that's Never right. That's exactly pitch. right. That's where this whole good thing gets broken. And my brother and I were talking about this the other day. You're right. We all do like to make a living and have some money and whatever. But also, I think as you get older, you remember fondly back on the times when you were poor, man. Like, you remember when you're living with five guys in a house and you all got to pool your 20 bucks together so you can go to Costco and get, you know, some chicken and some asparagus and some peppers and whatever. I mean, like my parents used to always tell us about how the happiest times of their lives when they were just living in mining camps and tiny little houses. And, you know, there's a simplicity to it all. A lot of times we romanticize the past, but I do think that going through it and having to earn your keep and, and learning how to be poor when you're young, it helps you. It motivates you. Absolutely. I mean, you, you, you remember big Dom Dasty. Dom and I are very, very good friends. He's currently the head coach at Eastside Catholic uh, in Sammamish, Washington. One, one of, one of the better, programs one of the better schools on all of the west coast and dom and i you know i mean i was his best man he he officiated candace in my wedding we to this day would look back at our graduate assistant years where we were making an 800 dollars a month scholarship check in seattle washington by the way right. that went that 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 went a long way you're work you're working insane hours and we look back at it as as some of the, our you know <laughs> And we, we both have kids and wives and lives and life is great. I'm living my best life as we speak at 45 years old culture. 
but you can't not look back at those days when you're 21, 22, and, you know, the coaches are saying, hey, you know what, I need you to run and get my dry cleaning. And I, but, oh, I, I left my wallet in my car, you, you know, but you, did, you thought nothing of it. You just went and did it because that's what you were asked to do, and you're trying to earn your way. And that's what teaches you about life and, and, and work. And, and uh, I don't know. I, I, just, I just feel like he, I, I actually think that kids are getting the raw end of this deal. When, when we think that they're benefiting from it, I think in the grand scheme of things, they're getting hurt and not learning a ton of really good life lessons by some of the stuff going on, man. I agree. I mean, so the University of Utah, for example, every single guy on their football team just got a brand-new pickup truck. Okay, whatever, it's fine. But what happens then when you're one of those guys on the University of Utah that doesn't have a name, image, and likeness, really, that's prominent enough to earn that truck, and then when college is over, you can't afford that truck. And then all of a sudden you realize, oh, my God, I just had the nicest truck I'm ever going to have when I was 21 years old. I'm not going to be able to figure out a way to buy another one like that until I'm 50. It just it seems like a very weird speed bump for kids to have to navigate. It just it seems like it's bad for your development. It is. And, and listen, there's been times in college football. I mean, we, you know, what, what was it? Eric Dickerson is one of the great running backs ever. You know, he's like – yeah, I took a pay cut when I, you know, because, but, but, but there, there, there was, there was also being a lot of rules broken at the time and which obviously led to, you know, death penalties for certain schools. And, you know, they, there's been cheating all the time, but the problem is now it's not cheating, but it has to be regulated. Everything in, in life is somewhat regulated and, uh, or controlled or, you know, there, there's a right way and a wrong way to do things. And, um, yeah, man, to your point, I, I just feel like there's going to be a lot of, I mean, there's been a lot of in, in, in the mental health stuff. And, you know, I actually really appreciated the rant that uh, Lane Kiffin went on. I mean, which, which is a joke in itself. You've got a kid, you know, recording his conversation with the head coach. And oh, by the way, the kid was just ignoring calls and text to come see him. And he's like, he, he, he no, this is not how it is. You don't get to just do what you want to do in this program. This is, that's not life. That isn't life, you know. And I, I just the, the, a lot of these kids are probably learning really bad habits and, and things that are going to set set themselves up for failure as opposed to success. And I think that we're trying to help them have success and this immediate gratification and putting money in their billfolds. And you know, by the time they're twenty five, twenty six, they're going to go, well, what the hell? What the hell else? What, what am I going to do? You know, I'm not, I'm not a big name in that community anymore. Nobody cares. <laughs> so I, I, I don't know. I just, it's frustrating to watch. I, I feel like the NCA is, is, has really allowed this to happen, and it's a shame on them. Um, you know, the NCA has always been a governing body, and I just think, oh, you know, with poor leadership and and, uh, you know, they 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 could have they could have, I mean, there's got to be a lot of really really smart people. In, in those rooms, you know, and when the Supreme court did their deal, they say, okay, th- th- this is a Supreme, th- th- the Supreme court ruled this way. Now, what can we do as leaders of young men and women to make it right for them? Cause it, you know, they used to say it was all about the student athlete and anymore. I don't know if I'd buy that. Well, last couple of things for you. Let's talk specifically 
So Montana State had, they've had, I think, seven guys enter the portal. Some of them, you know, like Jace Fitzgerald, for example, he's going to Western. Okay, that's fine. That's that's different than what we're talking about. That's just a kid finding his way yep. to, you know, the, the proper level for him probably. And he's from Dillon. He's going to go play in his hometown. Okay, that's all good. I think he'll be a good player in the frontier. That's fine. But then you got guys like Rush Reimer, who's got a bunch of Power 5 and, and you know, FBS offers right away, offensive linemen. Omar Bedian, same thing. And I'm sure Sebastian Valdez is going to have a bunch of offers as well. So... I guess let's just start with the offensive line. I do think that losing guys to the portal is tough on most FCS programs, but this has already happened to Montana State. They already lost Connor Wood and TJ Session to the portal, plus, you know, Lewis Kidd and Taylor Tuiasa Sopo to graduation, and they just reloaded it. And you look at some of the guys they have on their roster still. They got JT Reed coming back next year. They got Cole Sane probably coming back next year. You got Connor Moore, who was a good player at, at – as a freshman this last year, Cedric Jefferson was up on the varsity as a true freshman the last four games of the regular season. So, I mean, I'm not saying that, you know, losing two first-team all-conference guys like Abedion and Reimer is at all a good thing, but I do think that's the one position group where Montana State can handle it. Well, they, they've proven that they can handle it, but but I, but I still think it, it, it's, I mean, it's got to be really, really hard on a program. I think, you know, you lose one from a unit that's got to be hard, let alone multiple. And yes, to your point, that, listen, there are certain guys at the FCS level, you can, you can be a, a walk-on and try to, you know, earn your role. You can be, you can have, you can be scholarshiped all the way from books to a full. And you and I both know that there are guys on, on, on these programs at FCS that, you know, probably have no business being on that program uh, in terms of what their ability is. You mentioned Jace Fitzgerald, obviously a wonderful family. His brother, I mean, you, you know his brother. His brother ended up having a nice career. If you, looked at Jay, if you looked at RJ coming out of high school, you'd be like, yep, that, guy, that guy's going to be a dude and be a leader and be a, you know, have a real impact on the offense. Probably not. He worked himself into that culture. He worked himself into that role over time. He said, you know what? I, I, he gambled on himself. I don't, I don't want to play at Western. I want to play for the Cats. And I'm going to do whatever it takes to become a guy for the cats. And now he's doing, I mean, he's a, he's a voice of the Bobcats and he could probably be a voice of the Bobcats for a long time and have a, a role in this community. And, a, you know, he, he gets to be a part of this pro- program for as long as he wants to. And that's his alma mater. And there are guys that are, are, are gambling on themselves and saying, Oh, I, I think I'm bigger than Montana state. And yeah, they're going to get opportunities. They are. You've, you've already mentioned a few guys that will get opportunities. I just don't know what that's teaching them. You know, uh, I, I just, I, I will never not feel like they're quitting on the program that gave them an opportunity. Candace and I have these conversations. Candace, you know, we've got, we've got kids. They're pretty good athletes. Candace was a great athlete. You know, they, they get their, their genes from their mother. Uh, but we tell the kids now, like guys, We've been through this process. Mine was a little different than Candace's. Candace was a great volleyball player in high school. She wasn't exposed to a lot of the bigger programs. She was from Roundup, Montana. Her sister, who's two years older, went and played for the Cats. She followed suit. I was fortunate that I did kind of get to pick where I wanted to go, you know, and I got to go on recruiting trips and go around the country and get wined and dine a little bit and the, the carpet ro- rolled out for them. And we always tell our kids, go where they want you. Go where they're willing to invest in you. But I also am having these conversations at eight and 10 years old. When you make that commitment to a program, you, you know, and, and there, there's different circumstances for every kid. 
you know, you were, you were talking about kind of the way things used to be. I kind of liked when they did put the grad transfer rule into effect. Kids, kids worked themselves into roles. They, they worked themselves into the program that they committed and, and it doesn't always work out. You know, it doesn't, it, but if you, if you go to school and you're a good student and then you graduate and you just want one more opportunity to then, you know, get on the field and or start working on a master's and, and you change schools to, to finish out that one year. I thought that was a good rule. I really did. But now, you know, now uh, is there, is there a max culture? Is there a maximum on how many times you can, you can transfer to your knowledge? Well, they're trying to reel it in now because people are running out of the COVID years and they're also running out of uh, these endless string of waivers. The NCAA has been a little bit more strict about the, you know, claiming mental health and stuff like that. So they they, they had this, there there was this time where people were getting, if you were an incoming freshman or a red shirt, the, the 2019 through 2021 time, that means your career is like endless because you get to redo your redshirt year and you get a COVID year. And then if you ever get hurt, you get another year after that. And then if you miss any time, you can say, oh, I, I deserve an extra year. And then there was the one time no penalty transfer rule. And a lot of people use that. They're trying to reel all that in. So in terms of how many times you could transfer, it's interesting. I don't know, like the Furman quarterback after they just lost to Montana, he was already a grad transfer to Furman, and he just said he's grad transferring again. So I, I really yeah. don't know. They're, they're, they're being a little more strict about it, but it still seems very murky. And again, I've just been removed for all of five years now, and I just I am unclear on some of the rules. You, 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 your clock, though, when you started your clock, you only had X amount of time to, to, to compete, at the NCAA level. And that's what I just don't understand anymore is once your clock starts, you, you, you have a, in, in, you know, in theory, I'm air quoting a, a, an end game. You have a, I have to compete up until I have until this much time to compete, but I just don't even know those rules anymore. It just seems like it's been so fluid and, you know, changes here and there. And, and, and you mentioned the Furman game. We got to at least talk about, you know, real quick. Great. What a great game. That was. I mean, I know, I know you've probably been ta- been talking on it for a couple couple days. Um, but what a what a what an awesome thing for for a program that was really struggling for the better part of you know the first month and a half you know of, of the season, and for them to be in a semifinal game, Montana Grizzlies that is on Saturday, and they're going to know they're going to know they're going to know who they're playing or or not because the the South Dakota State Albany game is Friday night. Uh, but just just an unbelievable job in terms of representing the Big Sky, representing Montana, and then obviously re- representing you know Missoula and that program. Uh, it's just awesome to see Montana back in it, and they'll be on a national stage again. Too bad for Idaho. You know, I, Idaho really screwed that up. Um, you know, Coach X done such a good job. But you know they they would would they give up 16 points in the fourth quarter? That's right. Is that right? Yeah. So you know great great representation I think overall uh, by the Big Sky. Uh, you know having Sac State win win a road game, Montana State we've we've already talked at length on that one. Uh, but 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 great job by Coach Houck and his staff and the Montana Grizzlies to represent the Big Sky Saturday and you know insane insane to think that uh, did, did you see the spreads on these two games so you've got you've got ndsu coming to at least the last one i saw ndsu is a one and a half favorite over that's the right, in right now, which, 
in Missoula, which kind of surprised me just a little bit. And then you've got South Dakota State, who's a 22-point favorite right now or something. something. So all, yep. of, all of three-score favorite against Albany. And you just you just sit there and you go, wow. I mean, you, this is the last four teams in, 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 a, in, a, in a playoff system, and one is a three-score favorite. Um, and then you've got one who's got probably the best home field advantage in all of FCS slash a healthy chunk of, of the country in terms of college football. And they're the dog, you know, so it's going to be a really fun weekend to watch the FCS football. And, uh, you know, we all, some of us that are football fans got to watch the army Navy and our army Navy game and all the pageantry that goes into that. And I, I told Jackson said, we got to put this on our bucket list, man. We got to do this. Coach, For Coach sure. Let's all go. I would love to do that. Oh, I mean, Co- Coach Neuheisel, who, who's gotten to do that game, he was my coach in college, and, you know, he just says it, it is it. I mean, he's been in the biggest and best venues in the country and at all levels. I mean, the NFL as well. And he's like, this game is just different. And I told Jackson, I said, we've got to do this. And he goes, why would we go to that game, Dad? And I'm like, just trust me. Just trust me. This will be a, a life experience that you will never forget if, if, if we actually ever do get to go. But, hey, man, there's still football being played. There's still big sky football being played, and there's still treasure state football being played, and it's pretty awesome. He's Ty Gergerak here on the Big Sky Breakdown. Coach Ty, appreciate you for joining us, man, and uh, make sure to watch that NDSU game so we can talk again next week. Appreciate you being here. Oof. Oh, thanks for having me, Coulter. I always love talking football with you, and yes, I, I, I cannot wait. And, and, and honestly, I hope, I hope they get it done. I really do. I'm rooting for them. Anyone and everyone in the Big Sky, and even if, you, even if you're a diehard Cats fan, you can't help but say, you know, having a school represent the league still at, at, at this point in the season is not awesome. And, that, and that, that's, where, that's where, you know, I actually respect the Grizz and Cat fans that can say, okay, if we're not playing, it's cool to see them be successful, you know, because there's a healthy contingent. They'd be like, nope, 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 nope. Wouldn't, you know, wouldn't help them if they were burning on the side of a road. But you do respect those that, that get it enough to say, you know what, what a turnaround and what a job they've done. So hopefully you and I are talking next week, man. Have a great weekend. I know you'll be at the game and uh, fired up to get your perspective on it because I know you'll be witnessing it firsthand. So have a great weekend, Coulter. Blackfoot Communications continues to lift up our local entrepreneurs, delivering the resources needed to transform ideas into businesses. Our C2M beta program was founded with the mission to connect local entrepreneurs to more. With access to more professional expertise, more state-of-the-art technology, and more development resources, our 12-week program delivers the foundational and modern skills required to transform influential ideas into thriving businesses. Apply today at goblackfoot.com slash apply. Join Town Pump's Pump It Up Rewards Plus program and never pay full price for fuel again. Save five cents on every gallon every day at any Town Pump across Montana. Plus, earn and redeem points on your favorite in-store items to get free stuff with our clubs. Stop in and pick up a rewards card. Download the Pump It Up Rewards Plus app today. Or visit townpump.com slash rewards to register and start saving. Well, we love new friends here at the Big Sky Breakdown, and we have a new presenting sponsor, Spearheading, our new expansion, Vandals Weekly, but also as a part of the Big Sky Breakdown as a whole, Old Works Golf Course in Anaconda. It's an iconic place, a Jack Nicholas course. If you've never been there, you've never seen it, you got to look up pictures and you got to go check it out. The sand traps, which are prevalent and very challenging, they are 
all over the place, and they're filled with black sand. It is an unbelievable visual spectacle to see. And that, plus the elements and the way that it's carved into the mountainside there, it makes it an incredibly challenging course. For all you Bobcat and Grizzly people, if you're in Missoula, in Bozeman, in western Montana, in southwestern Montana, it's a perfect center point right in the middle of everything. And the Old Works Golf Course PGA Improvement Center featuring PGA professional Andrew Alamey is now open all winter long. Expert swing and mental coaching for you all off-season. They also have custom club fitting, multiple state-of-the-art trackman simulators. If you're ready to get into golf or take your game to the next level, call Old Works to schedule your winter session, 406 5 5989 that's 4065635989 so the the most viewed video on Skyline Sports YouTube channel this football season is the post game press conference from North Dakota State Montana State game makes sense it's a great game two powerhouse programs two great fan bases and a thrilling ending with a blocked extra point guess what the second most viewed video on our Skyline Sports YouTube channel is Man, I don't know if I've looked, so yeah. I don't know what I'd guess. I mean, the guesses, the adequate guesses would probably be the post game from Montana, like, Idaho. Cat Grizz always rolls. Cat Grizz, and then yeah. Montana, Idaho, Montana State, Idaho. Sure. That second most viewed video on Skyline Sports this fall is Jeff Choate's introductory press conference video at the University of Nevada. Wow. <laughs> I just haven't asked you about that. Brooks Nuwana is here on the Big Sky Breakdown. I haven't asked you about Choate being... Uh, that says more about you guys than it does about me. Uh, you guys the meaning consumers, the fans. The listeners. Yeah, 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 for sure. Oh, no, I we weren't even... I didn't even participate in this press conference. Our guy, remember Mike Stefanson? Of course. From Reno? What's up, our, Mike? Hey, our good buddy Mike. So I've always kept up with Mike. He's always a good dude. He showed us around Reno. Remember, he's from there. I do. And then when he was working in Billings, then he got a job back home, and he was Mike's so great. stoked. And yeah, so. When we were at the Big Sky Tournament in Reno, he like was the one that showed us the ropes. You know, here's what's going on in Reno. So... He called me when Choate was getting hired, and he's like, I'd love to get some stuff from you. I know you covered him. And I was like, oh, yeah, I'd love to talk about Choate. And so I just embedded it, and it's a, it's amazing. Mike was texting me. He's like, man, people at Montana State must just really love this guy. He's like, we got like 5,000 hits all with IP addresses in Montana this last week. I was like, yep, they do. They sure do. How do you think he's going to do there? That's a loaded question. It's a really weird question. because Rephrase the question. Okay, so... To like next year, <laughs> they're going to be bad next year because they're just bad. Yeah, and, they're, and, they're, and the way Choate turns stuff around, like they'll make it worse. They have to yeah. be bad yeah. first. Yeah, yeah. I told Mike, I was like, we just watch spring ball and fall camp. Everybody's going to die because they're going to do so much Oklahoma drill and so much hardcore full contact practicing. I don't know. Maybe Choate learned something at Texas, or maybe that's just the way you do it. I don't really know. I mean, he he turned it around at Montana State, so uh, certainly, but. I guess, what do you think of the fit there? Because I, I was thinking about this. Nevada Reno has been stuck in the mud since Chris Alt retired. Chris but, Alt Field. But. 27,000 capacity, huh? Yeah. I thought you had to have more to be FBS. That was like a rule. No, you, I mean, now there's no rule. You can have 7,000. Isn't like the whole thing, like if North Dakota State moves up, they got to build a bigger stadium? No. Just have to, place, have to have a place to move up to. God, there's facts in life and not many in sports. <laughs> we'll get into that in a minute, too. I, I guess I was just thinking. You have very little memory of Nevada. We were you were born in Nevada. I was. I'm a I, little, I'm a native Nevadian. You are. You were born in Elko, baby. Elko, Our Nevada. Our mom went to school at University of Nevada Reno for a little while. Our parents lived in Nevada for like 13 years. But people think of Nevada, they think of Vegas and Reno. But most of Nevada is like Choate. 
<laughs> you know yeah, what I mean? Like, I mean, it's a working class place where people are like miners and truckers. And stuff. Three eyes live in the hills. <laughs> I guess that's pretty chody. I, I guess. I guess what I'm saying is that his impassioned way of being and like we are tough. We're gonna punch you in the mouth. We're gonna run the ball. I just think. He'll be – well, he could sell anything to anybody, but he'll be able to sell it to the Nevada people. 100%. No, I think the fit with it comes to, like, the culture and, like, what the aesthetics look like are – it's a great fit. I really don't like it being in Reno because I think that show is – whether anyone likes to talk about it or not. Uh, let me get this up. Let me – let me uh, back up just real quick. Okay. Jeff Choate is one of, if not the best, hands-on football coach and leader I've ever been around. I don't think it's particularly close. I think that if I you agree. gave him a large enough sample size, it would really find its way back to 500 somehow. I think there'd be a lot of ups, a lot of downs. If you just let him ride at Montana State or Nevada or wherever, if you just let him be the head coach for 35 years, you're going to have some really weird times. You're also going to win a lot of games. You're going to kick the shit out of people. You're going to beat the shit out of your rivals. You're going to... You're gonna you're gonna beat the shit out of your rivals. For I, was sure. te- I was texting with a mutual friend, and I was like, you know, I don't know how he's gonna do year one, but I absolutely guarantee he's gonna beat the shit out of Boise State because they didn't hire him, and he's gonna beat the hell out of UNLV because that's is. the rival. I agree, <laughs> and they'll just figure out a way to win those two games. And he can do that for five, six, but like, <laughs> yeah, it's not that it wears on people. It's just there is a uh, a salesman part of it that that can come off unauthentic if you're not winning. It works really well if you're winning. Right. If you're not winning year after year, it can. I think it can rub people kind of the wrong way because there's a little bit of like moralist involved where you're like, no, we actually just do things the right way, which is better than you. And you're like, but you've won. You're five and seven. How are you better than us? Because we have a system and we do it our way. It's like that can rub people the wrong way if you're not winning. But now let me get back to the piece of I don't love that it's in Reno because whether anyone likes it or not, Choate takes risks on, or rather takes a gamble on high-risk guys. He brought a lot of bad characters to Bozeman. Like, a lot. <laughs> For sure. Like, 10, 15 guys that are risking, like, putting a program, a bad mark on a program. You know, you want to talk about, like, Najee Hale compared to, like, you start trickling down. There were some guys that just kind of got brushed away in Bozeman that kind of got, you know, kicked off the team and were never heard from again that uh, in Reno, I had a lot more trouble to be had than there is in Bozeman. And I'm not saying that that's Choate's style or anything. That's college football this day and age. That's young men in America this day and age, right? There are going to be people with quote-unquote character issues. Reno is just a very unique place to take them. Um, For sure. Disciplined or not. I think it's just a unique fit town-wise. I think Vegas obviously would be as well. A lot of the Mountain West fits Choate. um, But playing night games, running and gunning, kind of throwing the ball over the yard. I haven't watched the Mountain West quite as much because the schedule doesn't really land for me as far as... Well, especially because the Mountain West games used to be on at night when the Big Sky games were on the day, and now yeah, the Big Sky games are back. just on at night. Yeah, yeah, they're on at night. Yeah. Right? So I don't really see t- as much Mountain West, so I can't speak to that as much. But does that make sense that, like, I like the fit, but like you said, everyone thinks that it's Reno and Vegas. Well, Coulter, it's a good fit, except that he's in Reno. That's right. I, I just think he's going to be able to sell his vision of the program, and I also think that Chota's smart enough to know that he's just a, he's a scaler. He's he's a builder. like He's a culture builder. And then when the culture's built, he leaves. Definitely. That's why he's had so many jobs. If he just wants to coach ball, he's at Washington and Texas. When he's wanting to build, he's at Montana State or Nevada Reno. And then we'll see where he can springboard this into. But uh, it's Springboard be- it like into what? Like a top five, six program? Be there like D.C., something like that? Springboard it into like maybe the Texas D.C. job? <laughs> right. that, would be, that would be a decent fit. <laughs> totally. 
It'll be, uh, it'll be interesting to see how it all plays out. Uh, okay, one other news brief that we got to get to before we talk about the actual stuff that's rolling on the field. Um, what What is your thoughts? I've got, we just, uh, as you listen to this, you already just listened to Ty Gregorak go off for half an hour about this. So we'll keep this part a little bit short. The portal and all the entries in the portal and now the new timing of the portal. So the reason it seems more crazy this year is because they actually put dates on the open period. So the, the portal for guys that want to transfer to the FBS or within the FBS, opened last week, and it will be open until the first week of the new year. It seems crazy for the FCS because there's still teams playing. And so then when guys, when their teams stop playing, if they were considering doing this, they jump in right away. So it makes it seem like there's trouble in paradise, whether that's at Montana State or Idaho. But really, it's just because the window is only open so far. So if you're already considering it, you got to just go right away. You're not just jumping in because you're like, I hate my team as much as I was already contemplating doing this. I'm on my way out the door. What do you think of just the, the state of affairs as this is going right now? I mean, it's like... I want to give you good feedback here because I do have opinions on it, but it's also like, why you want me to hear me whine about something that's not going to change? No, you know? for it's sure. Like, I hate it, but I, I I wish there was just a middle ground. I wish that we mm. could have gone from what it was to something in the middle. Right. Um, and that's I don't know if it has to do with paying players to build a system and to kind of not build some bumpers, some restraints into the idea of like the third party communication, yes. which means that like a coach can just ask me or you Coulter to go reach out to a player on his behalf That's without right. mentioning that player like right. to not build in systems to maybe slow that part of it down right. or to keep people in check was a complete oversight and I don't think yes. you can like like change that now uh, yeah the other thing I keep landing upon is that the other part of the system that's completely broken is NIL was instituted so that guys like Ed O'Bannon who are the best college basketball player in the country and was having his name image and likeness utilized to sell video games could get money from that. That's fair business. Now, at these giant schools, they just have these giant collectives where they're just raising tens of millions of dollars to say that every person that comes to school to play sports here is getting paid, and you don't have to provide a service with your no. name, image, like this. Correct. You are literally just signing a free agent contract. Yep. Yeah, it changed everything. and it, That's not the spirit of college sports. That's not college sports. In fact, that's professional sports. It sure is. Um, yeah, whoever you know, whoever you go to the school based on who will pay you the most, definitely not college sports. A lot of benefits that you could kind of like loop into there all through time. You know, you, you can go to Montana, Montana State. You can go to USC with before NIL, and there's going to be a lot of benefits for you that right. are outside. So like you pick that because it's right. going to have more benefits sure. to you. So like, but, but, that, that's okay. But Reggie Bush is getting the benefits, not the backup punter. Definitely. Now everybody's getting the benefits. Definitely. That's the part that I think accelerated beyond anybody's realm of being able to project. I don't think anybody thought that all these schools could raise this much money this fast and be offering six-figure deals to everybody. Yep. Even guys are going to go be backup offensive linemen and stuff. Yep, for sure. I really dislike it for... It, it only strengthens the D2, D3 argument that I've been having for years with you. Not argument. You and I are both pretty in agreeable that, you know, D2 baseball is is the pure, a pure version of college sports. Mm-hmm. You know, like, you go somewhere, like, going to Montana Tech to play football, 
now seems like a much better idea if you're just a run-of-the-mill, average, good high school athlete that's going to get some college exposure. You're not going to go to Texas. You're not going to get a $100,000 deal. Why go to the FCS and have your whole team just depleted every year? Why not go be a part of a program where people stay around and, like, you get to have that experience and, you know, their camaraderie and their relationships and you get the education. It starts to make more sense, which is the long way of saying that the FCS is the most vulnerable in this entire picture. I don't think that like Oklahoma losing their starting quarterback does not make Oklahoma vulnerable in this picture. Right. Like it makes the FCS vulnerable when you can have two or three stars that really are just in a farm system. The reason that it it used to be called a farm system that I didn't really agree with was that if you were an FCS player in the last handful of years before NIL and you really started to play well, really started to play well, one or two guys might have a chance to go up. Right. The Dakota Prukops and Samari Torres of the world. And Vernon Adams and stuff. It's like a grad transfer. It's a grad transfer. The yeah, best they'd, g- they'd already graduated. Like Vernon Adams had, the, there was like the, played four years. There was like the thing. part where everybody, when all the guys in the media, they were trying to break the scoop. We were on Vernon Adams' math class watch, right? Right. Because right. he had to pass the one summer math class to get his degree early, so he could. That is not what the same thing we're talking about. now. No, it's not. But the thing that I heard recently that I really agreed with that I thought was probably the most shocking or maybe the most dangerous was the fact that FBS programs now are so flush with transfers. FBS, yes, yes. that they. The recruiting of high school kids is going away to FBS programs. Right. Did you see So this? they're all going to FCS programs for a so, year so of here, farm system, and then right. they just go so up. So here's the new yeah. thing that's going to really screw up the system. They just eliminated the roster limit rule. Is that finalized? It, and they extended it. It's final? So now you can have 111 guys final. on the Finalized. Yeah, it's the FCS. And is, the way that the FBS is going to do this now is you're just – right now you can have 85 full scholarship players on your team. But the FBS is just going to then raise enough money through their collectives to then be able to pay 35 more guys' ways. The, the Montana State has been winning in in-state recruiting because of this already, and that's just at the FCS level. They have been able to, hey, you guys, let's say you, each guy has a preferred walk-on from Montana, Montana State, or maybe they each have like a partial scholarship from Montana, Montana State. The Cats have been able to say, hey, we'll make it like a three-quarter ride because of the collective money that we can give you. Or we'll make it a full ride because of the collective. They also are get, they're getting all the academic kids who want to be engineers and stuff yes. on academic scholarships, right. yep. and you have free football players. Yep. That's that's true too. But now the FBS they'll just take their eighty five scholarship guys, and then they'll add another thirty five guys that are getting paid to go to school there through the collective money, and it's going to make the farm system aspect worse. Yeah, but maybe maybe not. Maybe it'll it'll take all the guys from the FCS that are supposed to go to the FBS, or that could, it'll take all of them in one fell swoop rather than just like this painful trickle and just reestablish the FCS that if you can't play for an FBS team, if you have 110 guys, 35 more times 180 programs, now if you can't play for the FBS, it really means that you're an FCS player. True. I just wonder, like, how much does this... The one thing that the Grizz are encompassing at such a high level right now is the concept of team. And it's like something that we almost completely forgot about in the realm of sports. The Grizz are in the Final Four not because of all their crazy individual talent. It's because they're a great team. How do you build a team if your roster is just overturning all the time? That's what I keep saying. Uh, people People don't want that. Everybody keeps asking me, like, what's happening? What's happening? And I'm like, everybody's gonna lose guys. And I think that most almost everybody is going to lose guys except for except for the Grizz because most of the Grizz most like desirable players are seniors mm-hmm. or they're Junior Bergen and he's already getting a bag mm-hmm. 
or they're Eli Gilman and he just is entrenched here and he just and the, the one Clifton McDowell is the one guy that like could use his super duper extra seventh year or something and go somewhere else but like other than that I really just don't see anybody leaving the Grizz I think he'll probably leave yeah other than that if I had to guess right because other than that I really don't see what are you gonna do can can I go battle a yacht and then sit behind him after this like totally like you probably just like Ayat's already entrenched he probably just got got a dip it's just interesting because you know you're right it's all gonna re-stratify itself I just wonder if we're losing the concept of the actual team element of this I mean Coulter that's why the NFL is the only thing that matters right because you have to be a team in the NFL to win if you're not a team, not only do you not win, you get bludgeoned to death on national <laughs> TV. And the NBA became a free agent sport. Baseball is couldn't be a bigger joke. I mean, look at Shohei Otani playing for the Blue Jays. How exciting. Oh, wait, that's not happening. Oh, no, wait. He plays for the Dodgers. How cool. How Super cool. exciting. Super fun. Super um, fun. Buy wins. Bet you they don't win it. Uh, that's sweet. the funniest part is they're going to go win 105 games or whatever. 120 games. Yeah, who cares? It's all dumb. And then, so what other sports do we have? Uh, track and field doesn't exist. I don't know. Women's Golf. basketball has great concepts of teams right now. I love women's basketball. <laughs> yeah, women's basketball is killer. Golf has been sold down the road. I mean, yeah. John Rahm's gone for 600 mil. Uh, There's not even such thing as like an American golf tour anymore that's all like oh random dads. God. I mean, let's see. NASCAR is, I don't even know what NASCAR is. Do you know much about NASCAR? <laughs> I don't. The F1, uh, pay for play. Where are we at? What else we got? Soccer? Neymar plays for Saudi Arabia. Someone told me that's bad. I don't know about that either. Women's basketball is good. My son, Ellis, has a really nice uh, seven-year-old team. (laughs) Yes. They're they're, they're coming into their own. So, yeah, they're passing and screening, and that stuff's good. Yeah, it's such a classic thing where someone looks around in 2023, the, the, the new year of 2024, and they say, hey, is sports all about money? It's like... Welcome to it, right? Welcome to it. Welcome to it. Okay. Let's talk about the actual uh, elements of all this. I haven't really even got to ask you about the the redux on the on the cats. First of all, what did you think of just the fashion that they lost in? Brutal. Uh, not surprising because they were just somehow they had that vibe. They had like that, you know, stinky uh, kind of like roadkill or something. Like they had after the Grizz game, it was a stinky little mess. Um, I know, and they could have just erased all of it if they won, and they lost by just the length of a forearm. I know, I know. But, like, it, and they played well before that, too, and Tommy was on a heater. That's when I love Tommy, you know, when he's on a heater like that. I mean, yeah, like you always say, he can just spin it, and of course he can. But, yeah, when he's on one, whoo, buddy, I mean, yeah, he's cooking, man. And he's throwing balls all over the place. He kind of has, I was I was telling somebody this is, um he kind of had, and he had it in that game when, when it's working, it's working for him. He kind of has like this Josh Allen thing. Yeah, way smaller, obviously. He's six feet tall, right? <laughs> right. Six one, whatever. Josh Allen's a monster, but he has this thing where like the arm talent is so insane, but he kind of throws a little too hard. And when he's oh, yeah. when he's on, and the ball's finding people's fingers, I mean, he's unstoppable. And he's trucking people, and you get the whole thing going. You're like, this is the best player in the league. And then when he's off, it doesn't look like that, you know. So the fact that he was on, and that they had. Yeah. You know they had a, a, they had some things that they had to work through and they 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 did and they, I thought that they had every chance to win that game multiple times, let alone obviously by at the end. But I thought it was less disappointing of a loss than some people think. I, that's just my feeling of it. Like been around the program a lot, known those guys for a long time. When they lost, it was like I wasn't like stunned. Well, right, because it's against North Dakota State. I guess it's just that it colors the entire way that you got to approach the off season. Like you just you win that game 
And then you can keep building and you can keep moving farther away from losing to the Grizz like you did. And you you win that game and these guys aren't in the portal yet. Even though they're still going. They're not there yet. They're all going. Sure. They've been going for months. They've been going since the beginning of the year. Here's the thing, though. You go to the national championship, they miss the deadline. Because it closes on the third. National championship's on the seventh. You can't enter and still play? Uh, you can, but I don't really know who would let you do that. If you went to the national, if you went, if you entered the portal four days before the national championship game, I think your coach would say, "Yeah, have fun, buddy." Uh, regardless, I, I just think. That so you're saying that you had the, a chance to wash the bad taste of what happened in Missoula out of your mouth, and then you got a terrible draw at North Coast State, but then you took him all the way down the wire and you almost beat him. And you should have beat him, and then you didn't. Yeah, I don't. I. I, I it's not because it was North Dakota State. Yeah, it is. If it was U Albany and you lost like that, that would be so brutal. I don't know, man. They just lost. They they lost a piece of confidence, and there's obviously something going on with with the coaching circle. And I we are gonna watch North Dakota State and Montana play on Saturday in Missoula. Have a much better idea. I no. I think the Cats are way more talented than both those teams. I still stand by that. I I, I agree with you talent wise. I with the players, yes. I know. I totally agree. I'm saying, but like between, let's just let's just call it what it is. Between vegan house right and Garza, something's up. No, for sure. The mark of great football at this level is if you get better throughout the year. They didn't. They got worse. They got worse. That's the only yeah. arc that there is. You yeah. Either you either suck in September and you're great in November like the Grizz, or you're awesome in September and you suck in November like the Cats. And it's the whole reason Rob Ash lost his job, man. Rob Ash was definitely. lights out for September and October. For sure. And they yeah. couldn't win in November. That's for how sure. it goes. That's why people love Cho, because Cho would just screw it all around for the first part, but yeah. then in November and December, yeah. I mean, it's like Bobby Houck, man. Bobby Houck has lost one time in December in his life because <laughs> he's, you know, his, lo- his losses always come in October when his yeah. team's still building. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But like 06 UMass semifinals, that's the only that's the only December loss that Coach Houck's ever had. I just, I yeah. guess the national championship game used to be in December. There's a, either way. There's a massive disconnect between on the coaching staff because of the, t- the level of talent. Like you said, Coulter, when they snap the ball, when they got like 11 healthy dudes on either side and they snap it, they got so much juice, it's just insane. Right. So fast, so big, so sound. They seem like they play together. They're really, really good, right. and it all fell apart. Yes, and you, I just, you know us. Uh, we're, it's the adults in the room, right? Like if you let those kids just go and churn, and there's a good game plan, and everything's fine, and you're not getting in the way. I, I just don't see that team losing to many teams in the country, let alone in that kind of fashion at home. To, that broke the what twenty three game winning 26. streak, twenty six game winning streak. You just don't. I just don't see that happening. So it's not to point fingers at. You know, the coaches like, oh, yeah, armchair quarterback over here. That's the coaching. It's like there's clearly something wrong, especially for people who have been around it and watched them and watched the sideline demeanor. Yes. Watch. There was like a little bit of chaos. It felt for like sure. like there was like people that weren't on the same page and not trusting each other. And it was it was pretty apparent. It was wild being on the sidelines at Sac State and how calm they were and then watching the sidelines from Missoula and how much they were freaking Man, out. Thank you. There's a lot to, to go through. I don't really think we're going to be able to get really there many that many answers until next year. Well, Coach Vegan is, is I mean, well, how do I put this? I think he's a good enough leader. He's enough of a grown-ass man to fix it. Yes. Like, I think it's probably both coordinators. I don't see, and I'm not saying that you fire people. That's not, I don't like any of that, right? But, like, you got to make some, you got to change something here. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, House Rats got to get his shit together on and off the field. Like, I think that's right. pretty clear. Right, and I think that Willie Matt Garza has the, kind of the same setup here. Like, That's right. You kind of just got to get your shit together. 
Yeah, the, the fighting on the sidelines, the way they're looking at each other, the way Vegan just looks at those guys and says, what the hell are we doing? The look in his eyes is this, like I said, it lacks trust. And I think it's apparent. You know, I don't think that that's, that's like shocking to anybody. Another thing, and you've mentioned this, Coulter, when are they going to get a special teams coach? Right. They got to. Right, like Justin Udy's been the special teams coordinator while also being the passing game coordinator and the receiver. You can't coach. do It's not how it works. You man. need to have a special teams coach. There's no one. Who doesn't have a special teams coach? Right. Everyone has a special teams coach. For sure. Look at the Grizz. They got a good one. <laughs> they, in yeah. fact, have the best one. Yeah. Robert Houck. <laughs> yes. Wins them games. And the Cats are losing games because they, they don't have a coach. Yeah. It's Vegan who's coaching kickers? Like, what are we doing here? I know. It's, 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 I think it's ridiculous, but... It is ridiculous, and it's also robbing you of a part that can be such an intrinsic advantage at the Montana schools. It's the most because, fun part of football if you're good at it. And also, what is the way that you build continuity and also play like, Montana guys play on Montana special guys teams? On special yeah, teams, hundred percent. That's how your walk on guys you get make reps. It. Yeah. yeah, all the guys, all Callahan O'Reilly and, and Blake, and Nolan Askelson, and all those guys. Yeah, every one of them, McCain and Riley, they all play special teams, and they all end up starting. And you also Ryland gotta, or y'all always got to go get lights out kickers. I, the kicking thing, like the plague, infected everybody though, because the Cats were the ones taking all the heat for not having a guy that can make a field goal or an extra point. And then the Grizz go missed two kicks last week. That was the main reason the game went into overtime. And then Idaho goes and misses three kicks, and that's why they lose. Yeah, and he's. I mean, Ricardo Chavez is the best kicker in the country. It's amazing. It just kind of spread. Yeah, it's a weird part of the game. Uh, you got to be better at it, especially the Cats can't lose the way that they lost, uh, you know, shanking the ball in the place, missing kicks, multiple kicks, multiple field goals, multi- uh, extra point there at the end. You can't lose like that. that that's Those are gimmies, man. Those are, that's a, and that's, that's where, happen. that's where you get guys frustrated. When you know you have the best offensive line in the country or one of the best offensive lines in the country, you know, you have a great defensive line. And those guys have literally nothing to do with special teams. And then they're losing games because of the kicker or because of the kicking And they're units. also smart dudes. They know that there's not a coach. Right. Like, you know, where's where's BJ at? <laughs> like, he right. was a special teams coach, and they were good at it. Like, I don't know. What's, what's a bigger play than a punt return touchdown, Coulter? Yeah, what's a bigger sure. play than a 55-yard field goal? What's a bigger play than a huge hit on kickoff on the first play? Like, right. they're t- they're, it's it's... Sometimes it's overstated. That's a third of the game, but like I really, it's vitally important, man. So where the co- I mean, the cats got to figure some stuff out internally. Obviously, where do they go from here, though? I mean, is is it just about resetting? Yeah, I think that they're absolutely fine. I think you just absolutely attack the off season. You I mean, continue to run the football. Can I? Can I? Can I ask you this? How about? Do you think that this year could actually be? You don't want to say a blessing in disguise because they were so stacked, but they only had ten seniors, eleven seniors, and Lane Sumner didn't really play. And Snell and Pickering are hard to replace. For sure. Sean Chambers is a great player. All the other guys, and I guess Valdez is in the portal now, but like Brody Greeby's back, Tommy Malott's back. Even though you lose these offensive linemen, you still got JT Reed and Cole Sane and uh, Marcus Weir and Justice Perkins. And I mean, you, you could roll out your starting five from two years ago, basically. Yeah, yeah be fine. Yeah. And be fine. Yeah. So can you use it as motivation? Like the disappointments of this year, could that lead to then? Like they, they, they were, maybe they set their own expectations too high. Because it was like national championship or bust this year. I think that's why this, that's, that's what they were talking about all offseason. How do we catch South Dakota State? Yeah. And then they almost beat South Dakota State. So you wonder if it was just like too high, and then now they'll be a little bit, they'll be like the Grizz were this year, you know, not as highly, not as high expectations, but then they can really 
make a run. I don't know. I don't know, dude. I say this all the time that, and no one wants to believe me and watch watch me be wrong about this again with North Dakota State. But like, at any level of sports, let alone football, you got ten, maybe twelve years to be on a runner. Yeah. North Dakota State will fall off. They'll move up. Right. They'll they'll lose in the FCS playoff multiple years in a row. Like right now, if they don't win it this year, Coulter, they didn't win it last year, right? They might not win it in the 2020s again. Sure. And so, like, if you are the Cats and you start to make national semifinals, like, multiple years in a row and stuff, I do think it's national championship or bust. You know that's one of my models yep. of the podcast. The podcast is called Throw It to the Tight End, National Championship or Bust, right? Yeah. Like, it's that's what it is. So, that it should be their expectation. But... It's just their window, though, right? Because this is their, that's what I'm getting at. It's their window. But listen here, I think this is important: is that the expectation is only too high if you don't trust it and each other, and that's what happened to them. Mm, great point. It's not too high if you just trust it. If you don't trust it, and then you know that that's the expectation that you set for everyone within the organization, which is what fifty thousand strong on a game day or something. Like, mm-hmm. if you tell fifty thousand people that's the expectation, and then you go on the field and you don't trust that, that's uh, you're in for trouble. Hi. I'm attorney Dave Maldonado, a seasoned litigator with over a decade of experience in Montana. Have you been injured in a car accident? If so, remember insurance companies want to give you as little money as possible. There's a reason why they have the biggest buildings in the largest cities. Don't let big insurance bully you. Visit BigSkyDefender.com today to see how I can help you get fair compensation for your injuries. The consultation's free and the fight's real. Part of the glory of building a business comes from leaving a legacy to ensure your business continues thriving into the future. Have you asked yourself lately, what is your plan? Forming a personalized business succession plan is essential to know the passion you put into your business will carry on. Nick Tabor at Westpac Wealth is here to help you navigate all your business succession and retirement planning needs. Give Nick a call at 728-6699 and keep the spirit of possibility vibrant while making your future more tax efficient with a personalized business succession and retirement plan for you. Join Town Pump's Pump It Up Rewards Plus program and never pay full price for fuel again. Save five cents on every gallon every day at any Town Pump across Montana. Plus, earn and redeem points on your favorite in-store items to get free stuff with our clubs. Stop in and pick up a rewards card. Download the Pump It Up Rewards Plus app today. Or visit townpump.com slash rewards to register and start saving. All right, let's talk Grizz. Brooks Nuanas, Big Sam Breakdown. So much of why the Grizz have been so good is because they, they trust learned it. how to trust each they other. They trust right? each other. They trust it. Yeah, it's everything. And they play with it. They play with that all three phases. Everyone who gets in the game has knows what they're doing, and they trust it. They trust each other. It's, yeah, that's ex- it's the number one thing they have. It's not it's not the most talented team that we've covered by not even close. Good players. As Marty, good players. I thought Marty Mordewig made a good point yesterday, though. He said that that – part is true to a certain extent but they've also gotten the guys that are the superstars to also buy in and that's also been a huge key to their success yeah like junior bergen is lightning in a bottle you and i were discussing you know, where does he rank in terms of guys in the open field with the ball in his hands and i was i was you know being contrarian when we were having this discussion at one o'clock in the freaking morning at the press box and, yeah <laughs> at washington grizzly stadium but I really thought about it. And he's absolutely one of the most electric guys in Grizz football history with the yes. ball in his hands in yes. the open field. And yes. I mean, he is, he is on the, the Mount Rushmore yes. with, with 
you know, the Mark Mariannis and Jerry Lou McGee's of the world. I mean, he's better than Jerry Lou McGee. Straight he's up. better. I think he's right. I think it's Mark and then him. I don't think that they're, and I think the difference is volume and opportunity and style. But as Marty was saying, he is a super duper star. He's yeah. a super duper star. Yes. And he has 49 catches for 707 yards and four touchdowns this year. It's fine numbers in the offense that they run. It's actually great numbers in the offense. Yeah, that that's they run. good numbers. Yeah. But he's not bitching to moaning and complaining. No. And he's not being no. a malcontent. Yeah. You know, I mean, Aaron Fonts is the type of guy that could go play in the Mountain West if he wanted to. But he's not, and he's like the third option in the Grizz passing game, but he's fine with it. That they they do have a few Aaron Fonts, Keelan White, Junior Bergen, and Eli Gilman are all all superstar type. Go talents. back and listen to Fall Camp and tell me yep. who I said you the four best me. players are. Yep, you said it. And then you you have this defensively too that's the other part is they they, they have this like workmanlike attitude that's what they really want but they also have like really good players yeah on i team. mean braxton hill braxton is hill and riley wilson stud, are studs yeah, and braxton tyler hill flink is, is so underrated he's playing so well right now too so underrated the safeties are playing really well nash fouch got banged up we'll so see did, he Ryer did he yeah yeah but if you had to roll with graves and jackson I mean, Lee, you're all right good you're all right yeah, no for sure he's played great and graves is Graves had the two adjusted. biggest hits of the game last week. I mean, he's adjusted so well to them, giving him sort of a backseat role, and he's still been completely. And getting another guy that just doesn't bitch and complain. Like you could, like his what his evolution is, and what his role is as a, as a senior is. A lot of people would would t- take that as a lump of coal, and I think, I think it's the opposite. But I think he really thinks it's the opposite. Uh, Want to contribute, man? This is part of being a team. Sometimes you got to play a role, and then all of a sudden you go out and get first team all leagues on special teams. I think it's dope that he got that too. Cause it's he, huge. He gets to be—he's a kick returner, but also a punt gunner. Like, there's really nobody else in the country that does that. Man, you know? switches numbers, which is just outrageous. Yeah. Um, they only announce it in the playoffs, and they don't announce it other times. I wonder what other teams think of that when he puts on 36 <laughs> to block for Junior Bergen because they both wear five. You think you, you just like swallow the pill and switch your number permanently, but whatever. Yeah, whatever. Uh, um, I, I do think, just a real quick note on that, I think that when the coaches get to talk to each other a little bit uh, about special teams especially, I think it's the one spot, all-purpose uh, for all-league, the all-purpose position, Yes. and then the special teams position is one spot where a coach can stand up and say, hey guys, I just got to say this real quick. This guy is a top 10 player on our defense, he's a starter, he is a senior, and he does none of that because we asked him to play special teams, and he has the best stats. And everyone goes, all right, done, first team, for sure. Yeah, yeah I, think that's, I think that's spot on. The other things I think you got to say are because we were really critical of the Grizz the last couple of years because the way that they I mean last year they the, championship or bust that's I mean, why yeah it's last yeah for sure last year was a disaster man it was a, it was it was excruciating to be around it just made you feel bad because it was just like so weird and they didn't have even, the trust they didn't have the trust and it was just weird to be around them yeah because they just like knew that it was unraveling and it yep. was just like a matter of time. Yep. For Bobby Houck then to make the changes on his staff that he made and to have them play out like they have. It's wild. It's it's so freaking impressive. Take some cojones. Take some massive cojones. And to have, like, okay, you make some changes and it's a little bit better. No, they made changes and it's, like, Every drastically better. better. Like, it's crazy how much better it is. Yeah, give Roger Group the linebackers, and then for them to take a like a step up, it's like whoa, because he could coach. Don't get me wrong here, but it's just like he didn't coach that position all that much. Maybe he has, but not for a while, right? He's been right. DC and he's been right. coaching safety. He's been right. coaching like it's a pretty cool move. And then across the board, like you well, said, those guys. I mean, Braxton Hill and and Giovanni Janicaro, they were in studio a couple weeks ago, and they were telling us about it. They were like, can't bear coach nothing but mentality, right? And that's what made us so tough, right? 
But now Cooper coaches nothing but fundamentals. Right. And that's what made us good. And so now we have the mentality. And so it's like one of those benefits where having multiple coaches actually helps you. Yeah, for sure. I think multiple coaches, there's nothing wrong with it. It's every year, especially if you're a young guy, it can be a little hard. But I think that if you got two coaches in a college career, it'd be a benefit to you. For every, sure. Especially if the other guy is still around. And certain positions. Or if the staff didn't certain get positions, fired, it's like you can have, you could, like, DBs, I think, if you have like three corner coaches yeah. in your career, that's good. Yeah, yeah, totally. Offensive line's tough because it's like the family unit or yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But, but like DBs, you're learning new techniques. And but it's stuff. a different. I mean, this is a one off, and this is you know, I'm saying this as like a as like truth when it's only happened one time. But if your staff doesn't get fired. Right. If your coach doesn't get fired, but you get a new one, right. like Kent Bear retired, right? Like, right, right, right. Like, right. that's a whole, like, that's good for him. Like, you're not, like, yeah, yeah. sitting there right, wondering right. if it was your fault or, like. Totally. I think that's nothing but good. I mean. Well, for sure. And it's like with the D-line, for, for example. They still remember all the stuff Barry Sachs taught them. Right. Their new coach, Coach Linehan, it's not like he's like, screw that guy. That guy no, sucked. Yeah, he screw got that fired. last staff. No, 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 we'll do all the stuff you guys have totally. been doing, and then we'll do some new stuff, too. We heard them ask that. Like, what, what do you guys want to do here in practice? And sometimes it's the worst question you ever hear coach ask yeah. but someone like Linehan will be asking like I want you guys to show me your favorite drills Gubber, so that I what can do you add do? to it right. you know? yeah. Yeah, yeah. it is interesting and the the other thing like the offensive line thing Coulter is I would love to hear Bobby talk about it I mean I think that he kind of like demoted Germer from like the offensive line coach to the night like, just have a piece of the O-line <laughs> right. and it made Germer go chase it down to where he like stole the whole O-line back and right. made him like hungry for it Yes, because like Fenn isn't out there like coaching Right. The O line, you know, so like I thought that that's an interesting Plus the motivational. Other part is that they move. have a hierarchy of leadership now too. They have three distinct head coaches: Bobby Houck, who's the head coach of everything; Brent Pease, who's the head coach of the offense; and Ronnie Bradford, who's the head coach of the defense. And now, like Pease coaches everything, including the offensive coaches, and then sure. they just listen to him, and sure. that's why it works so much better because they actually have a hierarchy of leadership. Well, then last year we were just like, God, they got to get a new OC, right? Like Rosenbaugh. Has, has had a great run. It's a good coach. Just wasn't the right fit, right? Yeah. Same thing with the quarterback at the beginning of the season. We're not like being critical out of nowhere. It's like they got to name a quarterback. Right. Like, no, we're going to run a two-quarterback system. Bobby would say that straight face. It's like, bro, you, no, you're not. Especially when the quarterbacks aren't even the same. You've got to name not the same system. You've got to name a starting quarterback, and then they do, and then they then they haven't lost since. And it's like, you know, there's little things in there that are just truths that happen in football. How about the NDSU matchup then? What do we think of the Bison coming to town? I think that if there's ever been a time you want to play North Dakota State, it's it's now, not in Fargo, which, whatever. Who cares about that piece of it? But it is important. Oh, it is important. Everybody you know, cares about that piece of it. I'm saying that if you're a football guy, you don't give a shit, right? Of course you don't want to go play on the road. And blah, but lace it up, right? I mean, home field matters, but... You get what I'm saying at that part. I just think that after watching them go up there, they've they've come back to the median a bit of where they look like a normal FCS team. There's been years. They've still got plenty of size. Don't get me wrong. But there's been years where they added some dudes. They added Christian Watson, you know, now – a, you know, kind of a borderline star receiver for the Packers. They added some, you know, some different pieces at the skill positions that added that kind of joined or linked together with their Big Ten offensive front and defensive front. So all of a sudden you had like – true like just a true big 10 team playing in the fcs for sure i thought they were finished third in the big 10 fourth in the big 10 i mean they were like beating ranked big 10 teams i think that they would smash a lot of the big 10 teams like i think if they just like had a three-game series with nebraska last you know in their heyday i think they're beating them like more often time than not 
they looked a little bit more like an FCS team. Obviously still dynamic and big, but not quite as fast as they had been the last couple of years. And I just think that I think that, that getting them to come to a cool place like, like Missoula and play a really hot team like the Grizz is a perfect time to play them. And I always say to Coulter, what is better than the FCS playoffs? You wake up one day and you can win a national championship. And then every week you go down and you keep playing, you keep playing. Even if you lose a game, you can win a national championship. Then you get hot like this and then you got to beat teams like this. It's the whole point of the playoff. Like you're never ever going to escape a playoff without playing App State and South Dakota State and North Dakota State and Montana State. And that's why it's so great. Uh, if you want to win a national championship, you got to play teams and they get to play arguably the, the greatest college football team of of this century right i mean i don't think that that's saying uh, that's stretching a stretch of the imagination by any means um so yeah i think it's a great opportunity for montana the matchup it is what it is i think it's strength on strength i think there's going to be a i think it'll be a battle i think it could look like a lot like the game we just saw against Furman. you know i think that the grizz might have a touch more success uh running the football than they did against Furman, who just had a really good plan and had all sorts of uh, wrinkles in there and had some good good pieces defensively up front but overall i think it'll be a close game I, uh, you know the, the the betting line is a pick em, which means it's just a just a straight up um and i don't really see that changing all that much and that's where i put the line and i i think the grizz guys get of a chance as anybody to, to to beat the bison the fact that north coast state has well first of all two quarterback system but their their main guy cam miller is a, a four-year starter do you think that helps them coming to Missoula. I think it helps the Grizz. I would love nothing more than North Dakota State to play two quarterbacks. Yeah, give right. me the cold guy here. Just put him in. Great. <laughs> right. Yeah, I don't want North Dakota. I don't want Cam Miller. I don't want Carson Wentz to get rolling on me. You know, like, last thing I want. Right. The two quarterback systems, when you've never done it, again, it's not a thing. It's not something you just do. You don't just you don't just run a two quarterback system. It's just not like it's a it's like a, <laughs> except for all the defensive coaches do now. It's a cultural element, dude. Like it, if you have a true two quarterback system, it has up and down has everything to do with your entire team's culture. Guess what? North Coast State do, doesn't do run a two quarterback system. Now they so do. If I'm the Grizz, sign me up for that all day. Matt Ants headed to USC. How much of a distraction? Impact? I thought it was some of the biggest news I've heard. You know what they call that when you run down the tunnel and everyone starts booing you? They call you dead man walking, dude. Yeah. I mean. I okay, so the fact that this has happened in North Coast State twice during this run. Craig Bull took the Wyoming job December 8th. He took the fucking head coaching job, Colter. Yeah, right. Yeah. He didn't take the linebacker's job at USC. <laughs> the worst defenses in the country. Yes. Yeah. With no Caleb so you, Williams you next year. Is it an impact? Which side does it impact, though? Is it a benefit to the Grizz, benefit to NDSU? Massive benefit to the Grizz. Are you kidding me? Dead man walking. If they're at home and they can like cheer him out on the one last time, much different thing. Right. Then walking in right. here with with you just told your team that you're done. Right. Yeah, I would. I think the Grizz are probably just feasting on that. Okay. Well, how do you feel if you're Matt Ents walking down that tunnel? Yeah. I bet you you're not feeling great. No. I bet no, you you're, you're questioning some. Obviously, you're doing this for a reason, and reasons unknowns to us. You were saying, Colt, there at the top of this pod that everyone's wondered about Idaho and Montana State and all this transfer portal, and, oh, there must be something in the water. You know, something bad's going on. That could be true, could not be. This doesn't seem right, does it? Well, I mean, I have my own speculations on this. I think that uh, it's a mutual decision. I think that Matt Entz wanted to go FBS in North Dakota State, and it's not happening. Uh, he had been sniffing around to see where else he could find. In the meantime, I think that they had already pr- made a pretty conscious decision that the heir apparent to Matt Entz, if and when he left, was going to be Tyler Roll, the offensive coordinator. And then I think Tyler Roll started getting a lot of attention elsewhere. Uh, he interviewed for three NFL jobs last year. So you think that they kind of just said, And Entz, I think everybody uh, kind of got together and time said, to hey, go, buddy. Tyler's going to take another job that's not this job if you don't take another job that's not this job. And we want him now, and we want you there, and you want out now, so you go. 
Interesting. And I think that Matt Entz was not it was trying to make sure that it didn't get announced until after this Saturday, and it got announced because the Fargo media is good. Do you know uh, all that stuff makes a ton of sense, and I actually have respect for it? Do you know who doesn't like care about that stuff? Huh. NDSU's players. That's right. Yeah. So what if but they all love Tyler Roll? Yeah, definitely, and they might not like Entz, and that can all play. I will tell you this, man. I would not want to be walking in front of that team. You're going to be the guy that leads that team on the field, and you're quitting on them. It's just not a spot I'd want to be in. All right. So last thing then, keys on either side. To me, I think it starts with quarterback play. Clifton McDowell has made more mistakes in the playoffs than he did during the regular season. They've gotten away with it. It's been fine. But it almost cost him last week. Uh, He's got to be better than he was last week for sure. And uh, Cam Miller's got to figure out he can handle the pressure from both the crowd and the Grizz defense. Yeah, I think that's fair. I I would say I'm going to go two two on offense, or rather, you know, just – two with the ball in your hands i think it's vitally important for montana to run the football a little bit better i i, I think that you got to probably just i eli gilman's a young player I, you gotta you gotta loosen it up a little bit you guys hear me talk about this with the cats a lot right you gotta like have some carries that aren't eli gilman just getting his head pounded in you gotta have some carries with that are you know for two three yards where you're opening up a little bit so i think that montana should probably try to continue to run the football a little bit but on the other side Coulter, i like the three receivers to have five catches each I, th- I, think I think that's good. I think you target those guys like crazy, but you spread it out. When they've been successful, that's what they've done, right? You've had guys like Bergen have big games. You've had Fonts have a big game. But secretly, what the biggest plays in the game aren't Keelan White's 55-yard uh, scamper up the side. It's an Aaron Fonts third-down conversion. It's uh, this play over the backside that may be only for six yards. But I think that you continue to spread the football out to those guys because Montana becomes so diverse if they can run the football just a little bit. But if you have three guys like that, there's really nothing like it, man. There's really – I would say when they're all hot – would you agree, Coulter, that the three receivers, none are really better than he, than, than the other? I mean, Bergen's the most talented. But. He's the most electric in the open field. Right. But at playing receiver, right. when no. it's third and eight, yeah. I think they all three have a very balanced skill set. Like, it's they true. all really can just get to the sticks. They all can catch short passes. They can all catch intermediate passes. They can all score long touchdowns. It's just a unique spot. It puts a lot of pressure on the defense. Most teams structure it to where you have an outside guy, an inside guy. They can kind of all play everywhere. I mean, of course, Keelan White's playing X and, and, and Fonts plays Z and Bergen plays in the slot, but I really like the diversity that they can have there. So I think if you continue to spread the football out there, you do really well. And if I can add a third one, so again, play really well on offense, right? That's what I just said. But being diverse on offense, I think, is going to be important. Mm-hmm. I think that, you know, both both sides of the punt unit could be as important as anything. They flipped the field. They won. Travis Benham won in the game last week. He did. He did. And he, he punched that ball to the, what, the two, three-yard line? It's stuck on a dime. They go three and out. They could block the punt if they wanted to. They decide not to, and Junior Berger houses it. That's a punt. That's, that's Travis Benham winning the game there. Like, it's very sure. – I mean, and that, I think that he has enough confidence. They have enough confidence in those units that yeah. they're, they're, they're going to continue to win games on special teams. I thought Marty Mornowake said it beautifully on Nuanas Day yesterday. He said, for North Dakota State – the key is not believing that your punt and kick units are better than Montana. He said that's what everybody falls into. They're like, well, we saw this guy in film and stuff, but like our units are better than the ones that he's housing this against. Just don't believe that. Don't think that. <laughs> Just don't kick it to Bergen. You have to, though. I mean, the irony of this. The, College kickers can't kick it out of bounds. The irony of the deal was Furman was in the game when their punter was Shanking his pants and yeah, no, shanking it. Yeah, you can shank it. You can also like kick it super short. The the field is so damn big. 
there's no college punters that can put it 45 yards downfield then out of bounds. Like it doesn't it, it, it doesn't happen. It's way harder than it looks. It's super super hard. The most underrated position in the NFL is is punter. I mean, those guys this weekend, if you haven't done it, you want to borrow one, I'll give you one. You ever seen how big a college football is, Coulter? It's bigger than your head. For sure. It's a watermelon. It weighs 17 pounds. Get it ice cold, pump it up to with like 15 pounds of PSI in it, and go kick it. And tell me how far you can kick it. Like 11 yards, dude. Such a hard position to play, especially in the cold, especially in the playoffs, especially at night. You can't not kick it to Bergen. That's why I think it's such a massive advantage for the, for the Montana Grizz. Big Shot Breakdown, SkylineSportsFT.com. He's Brooks Nuanas. You find him once a week here on this podcast, as well as on Nuanas Now, talking all things NFL. Anything else to add? The semifinals in Missoula. First time since yeah, – semifinals in Missoula for the first time since you were a redshirt freshman for yeah, the Grizz. and How I have good that? memories of that. How about that? That's a Monty Edwards and uh, – That was the uh, – I would State. say that's one of the three best games in Missoula history, right? In Washington Grizz Stadium history? Yeah. Yeah, that was fun. That was there's nothing really like that. And then the, the the weeks building up to the national championship were just some of the best memories of my life. It was super super fun. Yeah, uh, pretty cool. And uh, I do think that although Bobby Houck is not really into storybooks, it is pretty storybook that Bobby Houck gets uh, a chance to get back to the national championship game, and he's got to go through the standard, the juggernaut, to get there. Man. Whatever you think about college sports and money and all that stuff, screw that, man. <laughs> That's what it's all about, baby. Yeah. Cheers. There's a lot of things that make Montana great, from the mountains and lakes to some of the finest towns in the West. But what really makes this place special is you. Our communities are full of people who are working hard to build good lives and remarkable things. At Opportunity Bank, our passion is helping folks do just that. Together, we can make a good thing even better. Opportunity Bank of Montana. Stop by and see us or visit us online. Member FDIC. And also a big shout out to my guy Kevin over at Westside Private Gym. Kevin has a doctorate in physical therapy and he is a excellent trainer and physical therapist. The easiest way to explain what my uh, new endeavor with him is, we're trying to break down all the concrete. And as you get older, you, you got a whole bunch of inflexibilities, immobilities. Your body is formed a certain way from all the ways you've been favoring your various bumps and bruises and injuries. And you know, you can you can make it through, but are you actually living your best life? Are you actually as mobile and flexible and malleable as you can be? And uh, you know, I've had some knee injuries, some shoulder injuries. And so I, you know, I work out a lot, but you know, a lot of times maybe you're training in the wrong way or, or your muscles just aren't firing in a proper fashion. So we're breaking down the concrete and building it back up. The first couple of weeks of these workouts have been pretty much just physical therapy based, tearing down some fascia, you know, loosening up the muscles, really working on the mobility, working on being mindful with the breathing and the muscle engagement, trying to make the muscles proportionally fire. That's such a key thing, and, and Kevin does such a great job of explaining that. So really appreciate him. Can't wait for the journey to continue, and uh, we'll keep you updated on what's going on over there. But uh, fit during football back for another year, and uh, couldn't do it without the Hype House or especially Kevin over there at Westside Private Gym. Blackfoot Communications just launched new business services delivering big value to smaller firms. With reliable voice, fast internet, business-grade Wi-Fi, and around-the-clock support, Blackfoot ensures you remain connected to your customers, employees, and communities throughout the day, every day. For more information, go to blackfootsmallbusiness.com. Connect to more with Blackfoot Communications. Blackfoot Communications.